You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-281-7048-800-281-7048-800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Happy holidays from all of us at Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, December 4th, 2020. It is our 25th year on the air. We thank you for that. And I thank you in advance for calling in and participating on the program because your calls, your help for other listeners, your questions, your digital dilemmas, let's face it, make the show, allowing us to address all kinds of consumer tech issues for you, especially these days. Maybe you'd like some advice on what to get that special someone for the holidays as it relates to consumer tech. You can call us and participate anytime, and we send prizes when you do that. When you're heard on the air, you win goodies. And the number to call anytime, 24-7, if you don't use our app, which, of course, you would, preferably... 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. And while you are using our free Into Tomorrow app, be sure to select the audio option and send us a little holiday rejoining message. You know, the kind of thing where we play something coming out of a commercial break. We'll add the Christmas music or holiday theme. Just send us a little note. Try to keep it under 30 seconds, and that would be awesome. And we'll play them on the air. But you got to do that now. Don't wait because we're going to not have time to put it on the air. Before you know it, it'll be tomorrow. So we don't want that to happen. But we want you to be sure and uh, participate in that manner. We'd love to hear you doing that. Some tech news and commentary. Before we get back to more of your calls, Lance is standing by in Michigan. A firefighting robot got its first major test recently in Los Angeles when it was put to use for the first time in the United States to battle a major blaze. The Los Angeles Fire Department said the Thermite RS3 robot... Not to be confused with termite. Right. So thermite. Okay. Thermite. It was supposed to have its official public introduction the afternoon of the day when it, when it was uh, done, but it was called into service a few hours early due to a blaze downtown. The department said it had already gotten dirty at an early morning major emergency commercial structure fire, proving its value from the start. The Thermite RS3 is a compact robotic firefighting vehicle that features a low center of gravity and a wide chassis. Fire officials said the 3,500-pound robot that resembles a small tank is capable of spraying 2,500 gallons of water per minute with a stream that can reach as high as 150 feet or 300 feet across. Cool. The RS3 is remotely operated with a controller that provides high-definition video feedback. 
And the camera doesn't melt either? I guess not. <laughs> That's pretty, I like that description of resembles a small tank. Yeah. Because, yeah, you think in terms of a tank can just roll right through a fire, usually. That's pretty awesome. But, you know, but if there's any place they're going to be uh, testing out new fire or anti-fire technology, it'll be uh, in California. Yeah. Oh, very true. So I'm glad to know that it worked out so well for them. Talk about a good debut. Yeah. It did the job. That's that's pretty neat. Amazon is giving Echo Earbuds fitness tracking features that can track calories, steps, and total workout times. The features can be enabled on the Alexa app. So just what you want for Christmas <laughs> after you've had all the goodies. Yeah, let Amazon track more stuff about you. Yes. So that if they see your you know, your fitness you know, tracker doesn't uh, sense a whole lot of movement, then they'll start serving up ads for, like, diet centers. And, right. You know, or whatever. all of a sudden Alexa will say something like, hey, fat boy, you don't need those cookies. Yeah. I can <laughs> see it now. Uh-huh. Good luck with that. According to a complaint filed by the National Labor Relations Board, Google violated U.S. labor laws by spying on workers who were organizing employee protests, then firing two of them. Oh, oops. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how when, when Google spies on their employees, it's illegal, but when they spy on the rest of us, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's yeah. normal business. Yeah. <laughs> the complaint names two employees, Lawrence Berland and Catherine Spires, both of whom were fired by the company in late 2019 in connection with employee activism. Berland was organizing against Google's decision to work with IRI Consultants, which is a firm widely known for its anti-union efforts, when he was let go for reviewing other employees' calendars. Now, the NLRB has found Google's policy against employees looking at certain co-workers' calendars is unlawful. Really? Yeah. Why can't you look at a, another employee's calendar? Know, but apparently Google thought that, thought that that was a fireable offense. Holy cow. I mean, if it relates to the business, you know, setting up meetings or doing something, I don't, well, I don't know. Nobody looks at my calendar, nor should they, but that's well, interesting. Your calendar would take like, you know, a, a year to read for a yeah. single day or something. Yeah, true. Way too many things on my calendar regularly. But speaking of Google, they updated the Nest Wi-Fi with a feature that lets you prioritize user-specified types of traffic. Like, for example, if you do a lot of video conferencing or gaming, the update also includes a Google Home feed feature that alerts users to connectivity problems. Which is kind of cool. I guess it's like Alexa saying, I'm sorry, I am not connected to the Internet right now. Please check the connection or something. Well, it's about time they do that. Mm -hmm. But now Google apparently will tell you as well that they're not connected, which means that they're like having to constantly ping or send your conversations to headquarters. And if headquarters doesn't say, oh, that was cool, thanks, then they go, oh, I might have a connection problem. Uh (laughs) No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Right. We just tell you the truth about tech. Exactly. For the first time in 55 years, cash will not be accepted at the Super Bowl. Oh, what? <laughs> now that's absurd. Uh, the National Football League will make its championship game all digital with the backing of its corporate partner, Visa. Super Bowl 55 in Tampa Bay will use only contactless payment methods at the game and the league's fan experience events. Now, they say uh, attendees can still bring cash and convert it into prepaid gift cards oh, please. of up to $500 a piece through eight of what they're calling reverse ATMs. Oh, my gosh. So, so you put your, instead of putting your card in and getting cash, you yeah. put cash in and get a card. A Visa card that <laughs> yeah, you can then course. spend on a beer or something. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did it happen to say how much Visa paid for that? No. I, I actually looked at it. They didn't say. Oh, of course they didn't. For an undisclosed amount. <laughs> but again, you know, <laughs> with what they charge for tickets, if you go to the Super Bowl, you don't really have any cash left. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And if you can afford to do that, then what do you care? You yeah. know, just make sure you bring your Visa. 
Does that mean they won't accept MasterCard? Probably not. Or American Express? Those are dirty words. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What's in your wallet? Well, it certainly isn't Capital One as far as I'm concerned. They screwed me over anyway. Mm -hmm. But that's bizarre. So that's for the next Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't bring well, cash. Well, they've apparently got this sponsorship in place through 2025, so it may be the next few Super Bowls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Vietnamese phone maker VinSmart plans to enter the U.S. market next year with cost-friendly 5G phones. It's about time because Samsung's screwing you over with 5Gs and is reportedly pursuing a partnership with AT&T. The company's devices, which include models with front-facing under-screen cameras, That's interesting because it seems like your hand would block it a lot of times. Anyway, they're similar to those of China's uh, Xiaomi. So now VinSmart from Vietnam Uh is going to do 5G phones. But look for them. Maybe they'll work. And there's less likely to be a a concern from the U.S. government about the Vietnamese phone as there have been for Chinese phones. We'll see. Yeah. So those of us with uh, Echo devices are familiar with um, Alexa routines, where you can do certain home automation commands. Yeah. Uh, well, Amazon announced that it's bringing those Alexa routines to its Fire TV platform, because those haven't worked until now with the, if you have like the Fire Stick or the, yeah. or the Fire TV box. Um, Amazon customers will be able to include Fire TV commands in their Alexa routines, including those that power on or off a TV, open a Fire TV app, or play, pause, or resume content on the Fire TV. For example, you could create an Alexa routine for movie night that would pause the program and turn on the lights for your snack break and another to again dim the lights and resume the movie when you return all done through the all fire stick through, all done, well all done through alexa now so you can oh, use oh, alexa oh. Gotcha. to then give commands to your fire stick and fire tvs interesting uh, well um, that's technology evolving to make things easier we were talking the other day about all this technology is for us lazy people yeah because you don't have to get up to go turn the lights on or off or do something like that or adjust the air conditioning or otherwise. Just tell your smart speaker, I use that in air quotes, uh, your Google or your Alexa to do those things for you. Except when I sit back down on the couch and realize I left the light on in the bathroom because that's the only light downstairs in my house that doesn't have a smart switch on it. Well, that's dumb. Put a smart switch on well, it. I figured that's the least of it. You know, if I'm going to the bathroom, it's not like I need to have Alexa turn a bathroom light on. No, but if you get upstairs and you forgot or wondered, you can open the app and say, oh, it is on, and then hit off. Ah, see? Now, if if Alexa or Google would only exercise for us... Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But, I, you know, but I figure, you know, Amazon and Google, they already know enough about me. They don't need to know exactly when I'm going <laughs> to the bathroom. I can see it now. Hey, Google, <laughs> give me five minutes on the treadmill or yeah. make it seem like I did. Yeah. I'm sure that would work well. Yeah, I mean, Tell my doctor I've been walking around the block every night. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I will often, you know, give interesting commands to Alexa just to see what they say. And the other day, just for fun, when my son was there, I said, Alexa, I have to go to the bathroom. And the response was, okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also told her you're fired. Yeah. And she had a bizarre response. I don't remember. There were a few responses. One of them was, oh, I guess I better work on my resume. That's right. That was one. And and I remember Cameron looking at us both like, what's a resume? You know, we had to actually he did ask. So we had to explain what a resume was. And then he laughed because he thought that was kind of funny. But she's been doing some weird things. Apparently all this month you can ask her for a gift and she'll give you a gift. Yeah, probably of, a real gift. Uh, no, of some sort. No, a real gift would be, I mean, here's another Echo Dot for free. Yeah, uh, yeah that's not $500 a, Amazon gift card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, now you're pushing it, though. Jeez. Uh, Lance in Dearborn, Michigan, listens on AM 800 CKLW. Welcome into tomorrow, Lance. 
I've been getting into uh, home gardening now more lately, and I am planning, since I live in some of the northern states, to uh, try to do some indoor gardening. And I was wondering, are there any sensors or anything that I could use, any sort of tech that would help me in my uh, desire to get you know, the perfect tomato, uh, either outdoors or indoors? Well, that's very cool, Lance. You and Chris. Chris has gotten much more into gardening than he ever was in his life. He's even in gardening groups, for crying out loud. Well, because since March, and if I had to stay home more, I needed something to do. Yeah, true. So he's he's growing. What are, you're growing all kind of stuff on your back patio, which some, is only got, this big. I got some bananas coming in now. Woo! If I, I, if our little cold snap, man, we had temperatures here in Miami in the 60s. I know that was cold. <laughs> it was so nice. I got to use my seat warmers in my car for all of about two minutes. I know. We had two whole days of wonderful weather. Deep blue skies, and and it was like upper 60s. It was nice. No, I did not put on a sweater, even though I'm born and raised in Miami. I love it when it gets cool. It just doesn't last long. Anyway, uh, so you're growing all kinds of things. And, uh, Lance, the main sensor that you'd be able to use is a soil moisture sensor. They're relatively inexpensive. For example, a uh, Planet Link soil sensor will cost you about 35 bucks, And it can be calibrated to monitor for the moisture requirements of tens of thousands of different plants. Those kinds of sensors are not all the same, though. You can find smart ones that will alert your phone if the plant needs more water, which can be helpful. Uh, hint, if you're new at this hobby, of course, you want something like that to, to give you that kind of input. It's not rare for sensors like these to need to be linked to a hub, like perhaps a Samsung Smart Things Hub or something like that. That is a little bit of a pain because you'll need one extra device, but it does help extend battery life by using less energy-hungry radios than what Wi-Fi requires. Yeah, now, since you mentioned indoor gardening, you might be interested in some of the all-in-one indoor smart garden devices. Now, these are boxes that have room for the plants themselves, but also include monitoring and grow lights. Some can control their humidity as well to create an ideal environment for the plants. Now, there are lots and lots of these boxes to the point that they're fairly generic, and it'd be hard to recommend an actual brand. Uh, a few years ago, they made up probably 30% of all of the major tech trade shows. Now, they normally start at around $100 and go up in price depending on both size and features. For example, the soil sensor and humidity control, but also Wi-Fi alerts, automatic watering, automatic light scheduling, and so forth. Wow, there's a lot of stuff that you green thumbers are able to use tech for to really help your plants now. And I think that's neat. So, Lance, let us know what works for you, because not only will Chris want to duplicate what you did, although we're not in northern climb, we're in Miami, uh, but still, you have to know time of year, what works, what doesn't. And Yeah, we're in Miami, which is why I'm able to grow bananas in my backyard in December. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I bet Lance can't do that. Probably not. But I wonder if he can grow bananas in his house. Oh, that, that takes a lot of room. Yeah. The banana trees are probably a little more. He mentioned tomatoes or tomatoes, yeah. and perhaps that's what he's looking to do. We've got strawberries on my front porch, and I'm not at all a gardener. I have to remember I forgot to turn the plant around, though. i got to turn it around every couple of days for good sunshine. But strawberries are coming in, and it's December. Yeah, and, and herbs are very popular for indoor gardening. A lot of people, you, there's countertop devices that even oh, have yeah. these LED grow lights on top that you can grow all your herbs and cook f with fresh herbs in your kitchen. You just pull them off right there from your kitchen counter yeah. and add them to your sauce uh -huh. or whatever. That's pretty awesome. So, Lance, kudos to you for getting into gardening. Uh, you know, Chris's eyes lit up when he heard you say that. So let us know what you do. It'll help a lot of folks all the way into tomorrow. 
Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to cable and get more with Dish TV. Call 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. As an added bonus, you can switch to Dish now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get Dish TV. 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. That's 855-212-6536. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment, and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. Howdy, this is Ken Higgins urging you to remember that it's easier than ever to make sure your precious photos and videos are backed up on a hard drive you can trust. Keep your holiday memories safe and have a terrific new year. Now back to you, Dave. Well, thank you, Ken. We appreciate that great advice, too. It's always important. We try to remind you at least once every show, back up, back up, back up all your precious memories and important items for sure. And Ken did just that. If you want to send us a holiday greeting of your own, please do. Use the Into Tomorrow app. It's free. Use the audio option. We'll add the music. Don't worry. Try to keep it to 20, 30 seconds at the most. And we'll get it on the air. And we thank you for participating that way as well. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Stay tuned. In a few minutes, we'll be chatting with Gideon Feldstein. He's the Global Head of Insights and Strategy for Dolby. Um, He's going to be talking to us about their recent survey on home entertainment. Really fascinating stuff that you probably are also involved in, in the very sense that you're thinking of buying or have been buying more entertainment for your home. Do stay tuned for that. Inexpensive hearing aids are now available direct to consumers, but that doesn't mean they don't have the latest features. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, brought to you by Dexcom, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. Country music legend Eddie Arnold had a hit with Make the World Go Away, which is something people still want to do. And the latest generation of over-the-counter hearing aids can do just that. In recent years, the FDA has allowed hearing aid makers to sell directly to consumers. Most of these devices often have minimal features. But the IQ Buds from New Hera are an exception. Now in their third generation, the IQ Buds Max allow users to configure the devices themselves using a self-administered hearing test. The rechargeable earbuds also support Bluetooth connection to your smartphone for making and receiving calls or streaming music. They also have presets for different settings, such as restaurant or driving. But they boast another feature, active noise canceling. This is the same technology that Bose made famous with their traveling headphones. Three microphones in each earpiece sample the ambient sounds, and then the earpieces generate opposite waves to cancel out those sounds. So with just one tap, you can make the world go away. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. (laughs) Thank you, Alfred. I like that. The Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute is brought to you by Dexcom. Know before you go high or low with customizable alerts and alarms. Visit Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M. 
com. Any product that can make the world go away with the push of a button is a product for me. Boy, you're, <laughs> it's right up your alley for sure. James in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast. Hey, James. Hey, Dave. Long-time listener. Love the family show. Well, thank you. Truly love the family aspect of it. I am building a man cave. It's not a giant man cave, but I want to do a projector TV. Are there any kind of projectors that you would recommend for a smaller space, not a giant space? Are there any ones that I should avoid? Well, James, we should probably start out by mentioning the Nebula Capsule Max Smart HD pint size projector that was part of our recent summer giveaway that extended into the fall. It's portable, too, so you wouldn't be limited to using it just in your man cave. That one runs about 470 bucks. Now, the Optoma EH200ST is worth a look in this category as well. That ST at end of the model name stands for short throw. That means that you can set up by the screen or wall rather than the other side of the room. It's optimized for small spaces. That's the good news. The bad news is that it'll cost you the better part of $1,000. Now, if you don't mind trying a less well-known brand, you can look at the XGIMI MOGO. It's $400, but that gets you the same short throw optimization. Harman Kardon speakers and 4K resolution. Yeah, if you have more of a budget and are still watching 3D content, the 1080p Optoma Ultra Short Throw 3D may be for you. It's more of a budget, uh, maybe an understatement, though. It'll cost you $1,600 Yikes. or four times more than the MoGo. More for you at intotomorrow.com. Guys, by now, you've heard the great news. If you've wanted to try Viagra or Cialis, but were worried about the price, Blue Pills Direct can finally give you the results you've been looking for. Why pay almost $15 per pill when you can get the same results you need for only $2 per pill? That's right. Call today and receive 50 blue pills or 50 yellow pills for only $99. That's only $2 per pill and saves you almost $500 from your local pharmacy. Why wait? Call 888-914-4247 today and finally have those breathtaking, toe-curling moments again and again. Call 888-914-4247 right now and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Just call 888-914-4247. That's 888-914-4247. Call 888-914-4247. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you especially in advance for calling in and participating on the program, not just because we like to send you prizes when we hear you on the air, but because we want to solve your digital dilemmas. Let us answer any questions at all that you have about consumer tech. Or maybe you have some additional input for one of our listeners. We love it when listeners help other listeners. You can call in anytime, 24-7. Questions, comments, concerns, again, help for other listeners, whatever the case. The best thing, of course, is to use the free Into Tomorrow app. And you sound like you're right here in the studio with us. Just search for those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow. And then there's a button on the app that says, Message the Studio. 
And you can do that anytime at your convenience. Or the old-fashioned way still works, toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-INTO. 800-899-4686. Our next guest's company enables spectacular experiences, lifting the potential of stories to connect with our emotions. Wow. I mean, that's fascinating, and it's also very accurate. The global head of insights and strategy with Dolby is Gideon Feldstein. Gideon, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm well, thanks. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you guys with us. You did a, a recent survey about home entertainment, which struck a nerve with us, and I'm sure a lot of our audience, uh, unveiling some really interesting insights into how and why Americans' entertainment habits have changed since the start of the year. Obviously, the pandemic plays a role in just about everything we do, but I'm guessing that had a a role to play in this, too. But one of the things that you pointed out is nearly three-quarters of adults in the U.S. are spending more each month on entertainment, and nearly 70% of U.S. adults said they plan to purchase new devices to upgrade their entertainment experience in the next six months. Uh, Certainly with the holiday season upon us, that's cool. Uh, Having been on the air covering consumer tech now for 25 years, that warms the cockles of our heart (laughs) that folks are planning to spend more. Uh, Tell me about this survey that you guys at Dolby did. Sure. Uh, We always kind of try to to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what consumers think, how they're doing, and kind of the relationship to our brand and entertainment in general. So we did this survey with 5,000 people across China, U.S., India, and France to really get a sense of opportunities for new products and services and just, again, take take our finger on the pulse of how consumers are feeling right now, especially during these times. And we all, of course, talk in the last several months about how Americans have been consuming entertainment, but uh, certainly the pandemic uh, has a lot to do with it, where folks have been uh, quarantining and just trying to stay home together as a family and that sort of thing, and obviously increases the need for more and more home entertainment, right? For sure. Uh, One of the things we found that was really interesting is actually the desire for more connection virtually with family and friends during shared content together. Um, that was a really interesting insight for us. So in the past, consumers were really kind of just consuming on their own. Um, during the pandemic time period, we actually saw about 86% of the global respondents we looked at connected virtually with family and friends and watching content together. And in fact, for a lot of those, it was actually their first time doing this. Wow. So, so you're talking about watching together, but separately. I mean, being being elsewhere, perhaps around the country or around the block, but watching something together and, I guess, sharing the experience. I mean, how does that work, you find, for most people, though? Yeah, I think it's it's a factor of kind of the world we're in right now. So people will text sometimes while watching the same show together. Um, People will be on the phone watching the same show together. And, in fact, sometimes there's live chat with multiple people commenting at the same time. So I think it's just a new way to kind of connect under what have been, you know, extraordinary circumstances in the world right now. And it's just a way to kind of really increase their shared experiences and then bridge the gaps we've all experienced over the last year. And, Gideon, I find that fascinating because, first of all, I have always been one that if we go to the movies back in the day when we could do that, um, or even if we're just gathering with friends at home and watching something, you know, movie night at Dave's or something, to be able to have more people and you can look at them or turn to them and have the same gasp, like, oh, my gosh, did that just happen? You know, that sort of thing that I guess this is what folks are doing even long distance and even via chat and phone calls. It's, it's true. 
and I think we're, we're seeing that in, in a variety of different age groups and kind of areas. So this isn't just younger consumers. I would say consumers of all ages hmm. are engaging this behavior just to feel closer and increase those shared experiences. So that's, of course, one way that they've been consuming entertainment this year, especially. What are other things that your survey found? Sure. Uh, you mentioned kind of the notion of paying more for enhanced experiences. I think we see in general people wanting to kind of connect to content more deeply. Um, there's a growing desire for new ways to experience entertainment, but also a deeper connection with the artists and creators that they love. So people kind of pay more for new streaming services, for premium tiers, to kind of get those better experiences. And that's a general trend we've seen kind of increasing over time, but it's really kind of been supercharged, say, over the last six to eight months. Wow. And and I would imagine that it would continue that way for at least a while. I mean, we all talk about whatever the new normal, in air quotes, might be, but it certainly seems that this is going to continue, unfortunately, in a similar fashion. Uh, we, we think so, but even when the world comes back to some you know new sense of normal, whatever that looks like, um, we don't see this as replacing kind of the night out or theatrical. We see this as an additive experience. I think people continue to kind of experience more at home, have their shared experience at home, spend more money on kind of new experiences, but still kind of go out and, and stay in at the same time. Gotcha. And what have you found, or did the survey include the kinds of equipment that they expect to buy? I mean, is it going to be pretty much increasing, uh, you know, larger TVs, uh, more of, uh, in the way of surround sounds, that sort of thing? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think we see uh, more intent for kind of streaming services and kind of OTT boxes that are kind of things like Roku or Apple TV Plus, as an example, um, in addition to kind of TVs and soundbars. So in general, I think there's more of a desire to spend more money on outfitting your home mm. in a way that's a bit more um, substantive than in the past. This is even true of younger consumers. So I think in the, in the past we saw that kind of more true with older consumers, but I think partly due to the pandemic and partly due to kind of just more interest in spending time at home together, we see the desire to kind of upgrade more equipment across the home and across the living room in a new way. Oh, that's very cool. And now this might seem sort of an obvious question, but why do you think consumers have been willing to spend more on their entertainment lately? I mean, for the kinds of things we've talked about up to now, absolutely. And I get that and more and more entertainment being consumed. So then you realize, well, we're missing that sound bar. We're missing the larger TV. Uh, but, but in general, why do you think folks are, are just willing to spend more? It's interesting. You know, in other work we do, we see a general desire, I think, as I mentioned, for just a deeper connection to the content. But I'd also say historically, people prioritize entertainment spend during challenging times, um, even ones that are financially challenging. So I think it's about treating yourself, the deeper connection to others at home that we mentioned, and then replicating that night out that really hasn't been possible of late. Uh, in addition, I'd say enhanced experiences that we can offer, like Dolby Atmos and Vision, are now available on more affordable devices. So I think what was earlier kind of a more premium and potentially out of reach for some consumers has really kind of become a lot more in reach and possible for a large group of consumers. Uh, very good points, and it does make sense. It allows opportunities for various companies to say uh, supply and demand kind of thing, but let's move more product now, maybe make a little less money on it, but certainly more consumers are going to be interested in what we've got. And I hope as a result that pays off. Any general recommendations for us looking to upgrade various consumer tech items, especially entertainment, for the holiday season? Certainly a lot of people are, are saying, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, What should I do for the family entertainment? Sure. We know that budget's top of mind for anyone looking to buy for themselves or for a gift to them at this point. So we're really excited to have Dolby Vision and Atmos products, as I mentioned, in a bit of a lower price range, as low as 200 to $300, like soundbars and TVs. Some things to consider when you're thinking about upgrading tech are your use cases. 
So is it about movies, TV, cable, or gaming? And then optimizing for what you'll be using it for. And again, please do look for that Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos logo so you know you're getting the most immersive and quality experience that's possible. Uh, for sure. Any insights from the Dolby survey that you think will perhaps carry on into the new year and into tomorrow, if you will? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the trend we're seeing around consumer desire for more enhanced and engaging experiences across all entertainment categories, whether it's gaming, music, TV, or movies, will continue to grow. Um, we also expect the home to play an increased role for entertainment moving forward. Even when these nights out become a more regular occurrence again, we still expect this to kind of happen. And then also what we first started talking about, Dave, that desire for more shared virtual entertainment experience will continue to grow into the new year and beyond. And it's not about replacing theatrical, but really more additional ways to enjoy the favorite content you love together with your friends and your family. Boy, and I sure hope you're right, Gideon, because I do personally miss going out to the movies. I mean, it was one of those things that I truly loved and gathering some friends and family and, hey, let's go see this new flick that's out. And I just wonder if we're going to be able to do that anytime soon. But in the meantime, of course, take advantage of all that we can at home, movies and TV that transport you in Dolby, among so many other things. Gaming leveled up as well. Check out Dolby. Dot com, D-O-L-B-Y dot com. We'll get you there, too, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Gideon, the global head of insights and strategy with Dolby, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. The survey is awesome and certainly reflects what most of our audience is looking to do as well. Thanks, Dave. It was a really pleasure to be here with you. Our pleasure to have you, too. Gideon Feldstein with Dolby.com. And Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Don't go away as we continue here on the Advanced Media Network. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-817-2939. 800-817-2939. 800-817-2939. 800-817-2939. This is Jens from IFA in Berlin. I wish you, your listeners, and your great team Merry Christmas, or as we say in Germany, Frohe Weihnachten and ein gutes neues Jahr. Back to Dave. And the same to you. <laughs> Thank you, Jens. Always great to hear from Jens Hightecker. What a great name for the director of a high-tech trade show, Hightecker. <laughs> We've said that for, what, 18 years that we've known him. Yeah, It's still pretty cool. If you would like to also contribute with a holiday greeting, uh, try to keep it under 30 seconds or so. We would love to hear from you, and we will play it, but you got to act fast. Use the Into Tomorrow app. 
and the audio option, we will add the music and just say whatever you'd like to say for a nice holiday greeting. We'd love to have it. By the way, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline, and this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. If you'd like more info, you can text the word radio to 35,000. Again, text the word radio to 35,000. And unlike the Elon Musk thing that cost you, what, five, six hundred dollars up front and, and a whole hundred dollars a month, hundred dollars a month, HughesNet is a Affordable. Yeah. So trust me, you want to text 35000, right? It's 35,000 basically. Just text 35000 and uh, put radio there and you get info. And with average speeds of 25 megabit down, that's pretty good. Yes. That's what I get with my Comcast at home. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, You should get more. (laughs) But yeah, we use HughesNet in our studios as well and has worked well for many years. So by all means, take advantage of that. Barbara in Fairbanks. Alaska listens on News Radio 970 KFBX. Hey, Barb. I have an iPhone and I have over 1,500 photos and I have some videos on my phone. And I was wondering how would I move it out of my phone and what's the best device that I could use to store my photos and my videos? Well, you open a drawer and you shake your phone over the drawer and then all of the photos just fall out into the drawer. What are you looking no. at me like that no. for? No, no. She said iPhone, so it's supposed to be really easy. That's not it, though? No. Okay. Uh, Barbara, the best device is many devices, actually. The easiest solution is to put them on iCloud. You can turn that on. It's an option in settings. Though at 1,500 pictures, they may want to charge you an extra dollar or a couple of dollars a month for storage. That's a lot. You can also upload them to a different service like Google Photos straight from your phone. Again, they may want a little money given the amount of pictures that you have. You can move them to your computer by plugging your phone in and syncing the pictures using iTunes or Photos. Now, once they're on your computer, you can store them in several hard drives if you want to be safer, and that way you have backups of your backups. Yeah, the main strategy is to diversify. Get them onto different storage devices or mediums, if you can, so that if one fails, you'll still have them stored somewhere else. iCloud or Google Drive are unlikely to disappear, but they could choose to charge you more or eventually discontinue the service. So it's smart to back up to several services, even if you choose those to be your primary backup strategies. And they are great as primary backup strategies, by the way, uh, because they back up in the background without you having to do any extra work. Yeah, which is always very handy. So I think that'd be best not only for Barbara, but for everyone listening. Take advantage of that. Let us know what works best for you, Barbara, and we'll share that with our audience as well. Robert in Puerto Rico listens on Spotify, which of course is one of our many podcast providers. Hey, Robert. I already purchased a tablet and I'm planning to purchase on the computer, but I'm not sure if I would like to buy a laptop or a desktop. I really don't need to travel a lot, so by purchasing the laptop, it won't make any big difference between the laptop and the desktop. But my wife told me if I already have a tablet, then I won't need to purchase the laptop. 
What do you think? Well, Robert, of course you want to buy a new piece of consumer tech. And I'm sure your wife would ultimately agree. But it all depends on what you want to do with the laptop. A laptop is still much more powerful and versatile than any tablet. But a tablet is enough for many people. If all you need is email and web browsing, then the tablet is probably good enough. But if you want a device that can take on more computer tasks or more serious gaming, a laptop is a better choice. Yeah, no. While we're talking about gaming, that's probably the most popular reason to opt for a desktop these days. Desktops can be far more powerful gaming machines, but when you buy one of those, you lose the other reason people buy desktops, to spend less money. Powerful desktops aren't cheap, but cheap desktops can be more than enough. Um, Now, there are advantages to laptops beyond travel. It's nice to be able to use it wherever you want rather than just at a fixed desk like you would do with a desktop. Smartphones have probably gotten us used to that freedom of movement even more, and it's definitely a nice feature to have. Yeah. Good luck, Robert, and let your wife hear this, and uh, that way she'll be mad at me and not you. (laughs) But hopefully you guys will do a a good thing and just invest in more tech. Intotomorrow.com. Hey guys, it's Sue Cosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxitril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door. To find out how to get your bottle of Noxitril, call 800-574-5007. 800-574-5007. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-574-5007. 800 574 Ho, 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 Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from everyone on Into Tomorrow, your great station for technology. Make all of your days merry and bright. Wow, very cool, Santa, a.k.a. Joe in Gladewater, Texas. (laughs) We appreciate that, Joe. And if you would like to add your holiday greeting that we will play on the air, please do it now. Like, don't wait till even tomorrow because we're going to run out of time to play it. So use the free Into Tomorrow app and then the audio option. We will add music, no worries. And then just send us a holiday greeting telling us whatever you'd like to say about consumer tech, about... Uh, Happy holidays to the military serving around the world, whatever you would like to say, and we'll add it to the mix. And we thank you for doing so. That'd be great. By the way, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys.com, providing the 24-7 stream of Into Tomorrow on our website at IntoTomorrow.com and on our free Into Tomorrow app. Ah, there you go. Jake from State Farm. No, no. Jake and Colfax. See, advertising makes a difference. Jake in Colfax, Washington, listens on KMAX. Welcome into tomorrow i just got a car with an older radio it's like a 2013 nissan but it has a 2008 radio on it wow you guys know like android auto would work on it and also on a side note like how does android auto work i guess 
<laughs> I like your question, Jake, by all means. Any aftermarket Android auto head unit will work on it. Any Android auto radio will do all of the work as long as you just give it power from the same inputs any normal radio will take. Yeah, the only thing that will affect compatibility and overall experience is whether you can get a double DIN or a single DIN unit. But you'll figure that one right away by just looking at your current car radio. Now, of course, DIN means how tall it is, right? Right. Okay. Single height or double height. Right. Okay. Um, now, smart car radios are one of those very rare technologies that play nice with older partners, yeah. um, in this case, cars. Ironically, cars don't play nice with newer phones at all, and their stock radios can randomly lose features because they've never been updated. So you're probably saving yourself a headache by installing an Android Auto radio if you really want to count on being able to pair it with your phone. Yeah. And a lot of folks are doing that. It's, it's fairly easy to do. I mean, I, I feel for Jake because he has a, a, a newer model car, but a much older radio, which obviously meant the person owning it before him swapped the radio, wanted an older one, I guess, for its features. So I think he's he's doing well in thinking about the Android auto radio. And it will give you more features and, and more things. So I think that's a good way to go. I mean, is it, isn't it similar to Alexa in the car? Kind of. Kind of. But, yeah. I mean, it does more features, too. I mean, it has more yeah, functionality. You can then have your apps you know, work with the radio and come up on screen yeah. and things like that. Okay. Drive safely, though, please. All the way into tomorrow.com.